Oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. We're a third of the way through Order 66. We'll see what I do when we get to Order 66. But for now, I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, uh coming to you live to air on March 3rd, March 2nd, sorry, 2018. Uh, coming today was, was a uh, frosty, not so frosty, partly cloudy, sometimes sunny, not too, not too bad. Uh, you know, suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Actually, did spend most of the day in Toronto proper, uh, checking out part of this amazing, incredibly geeky, uh, very Star Warsy, often uh, dessert place called uh, Cakes Cove. Definitely check them out down at uh, if you know the Toronto area. They're at Dufferin and St. Clair. Um, and uh, yeah, today we're going to talk to you about. Uh, begin this series on the four last things here in Lent. Talk about heaven and Star Wars. Um, and that, that's fitting because of so the, uh, what I'm going to call a theology dump that we got in the latest Rebels episode. Uh, if you're in Canada, unfortunately, and if you're in Canada and you want to watch uh, Rebels the same time as it airs in the U.S., Fortunately, Disney XD Canada, they, I'm going to just take this moment to call them out. Uh, so Disney, the, the people who run Disney XD Canada in Chorus Entertainment, C-O-R-U-S, they made what I believe to be the incorrect programming choice. Uh, they've delayed airing Rebels episodes a week late. Um, and so I've, <clears throat> avoiding Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, not one of my Lenten disciplines. Um, and so, you know, I, in, in order to avoid spoilers, I've taken to watching the shows, the episodes anarchically. I, I fully confess that on the internet. Complete respect to all the, the effort and, and sweat and tears and uh, work that's gone into creating the show. Um, that's this is not a, not a knock on them at all. Um, I respect that. I will buy the Blu-ray, that is for sure. Um, or, you know, maybe get it as a gift. We'll see what happens. But uh, this, in terms of broadcasting, it's a supply and demand business. And Chorus, for, for, you know, Chorus Entertainment is not supplying my demand. If you were at Fan Expo and, and saw the, the crowd fill that theater, the, the Rebels panel at Fan Expo, not fulfilling their demand either. Clearly, we all love this show. I get that for Disney XD Canada, most of their viewers are probably under the age of 12. And uh, their parents are hopefully, hope to God, regulating their social media use. So people watching Star Wars and worrying about spoilers is probably not their main demographic. But it's a substantial reason why a lot of us tune into that channel. Uh, once a week. So, yeah, I'll be unfortunately anarchically watching uh, through, and I don't like to do that, again, mostly because um, I'd like to have the creators of the show get credit where credit is due. Also, the stream itself isn't necessarily very good. Uh, can conk out or 
video might be off from the audio, all that stuff. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to brave it for the finale coming on Monday, where we may get even more of a theology dump. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I'll say again, Dave Filoni is supplying our demand for an incredible story. And it's, again, twice in a row for the second time. First with Clone Wars and now with Rebels. Knocking it out of the park. Definitely, easily, some of the best Star Wars we've gotten in the last, uh, I guess, coming up to six years of the Disney takeover. Uh, how else am I Star Warsing, sci-fiing, fandoming? One thing I do do during Lent is like to read a, a challenging C.S. Lewis novel. I've read That Hideous Strength, which is a modern technological, uh, 20th century technology retelling of the Tower of Babel. Uh, now I'm reading uh, Till We Have Faces, which it, it's cast as a pre-modern, not just pre-modern, but pre-Christian sort of pagan myth mythology, yeah, mythology fantasy. But knowing it's C.S. Lewis, and I just went to a lecture on this novel a few weeks ago, knowing what he thinks about uh, Christ's sacrifice and faith in God and unbelief and knowing how he experienced the transition from unbelief to belief, uh, I, I definitely see those themes in, in a very Christian sense playing out intentionally on his part. Um, so I'm... I'm but halfway through that novel, very, very interesting. I, I recommend you reading it. I definitely recommend you reading, I'll bring back to the House of the Mouse, or reading, read, yeah, reading because it's a comic book, reading the Black Panther comic book, watching the Black Panther film. It is, I'm not exaggerating, one of the most important uh, films to come out uh, in the comic book genre. One of the most important films in the whole MCU. One of the most important Superman films, probably... For its time, for this moment, one of the most important sci-fi fantasy films in terms of what it says about African-American communities in urban United States. What it says about uh, the struggle of South communities in South, uh, South, South Saharan Africa, um, kind of around uh, Lake Victoria and... Uh, even even beyond um, the what it, I mean, the choice that oppressed peoples have to either take up arms and become another oppressor or to seek out what resources they have and work for peace. Uh, it, it's Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. <laughs> it's uh, all you know. I mean, I mean, the MCU has taking steps to say things, right? I mean, Civil War looked at multilateralism versus unilateralism and disarmament versus uh, <laughs> coalition of the willing, if you will. Uh, Black Lives Matter, football players kneeling for the flag. That's all there. That's, that's, that's running through it. And then the hope and promise of, especially of, Sub-Saharan Africa of of development of debt forgiveness of um, technical technological development. This is a very great for Christ's sake Anakin point. Technological development while holding on to traditions 
um, yeah, maybe animist pre-Christian traditions, but also very much Christian traditions. Um, very much what we do see in The Last Jedi. Uh, definitely pushing the minority experience point um, past what we see in The Last Jedi because there are the two Tolkien white guys <laughs> in, in, in Black Panther. One of them, of course, is Andy Serkis, who uh, play, played Snoke. Um, Martin Freeman, yeah, who played uh, Bilbo, among others. Uh, the, the, the Tolkien white guy joke, that's not my joke, I've seen it on the internet. Because uh, it's it, Andy Serkis who played Gollum, and then Martin Freeman who played Bilbo. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it, it's a fantastic film. I should, I will be seeing it a third time. Uh, speaking of movies, I've seen multiple times. I, I saw Last Jedi ninth time uh, last week. It's still in theaters, man. It's down, uh, if you again, if you're in, in Toronto, one place I know it's still at Scotiabank Theater, uh, down in Queen West. Um, so I, I have to commute for, <laughs> for an hour to see it, but that's worth it. Uh, the first time you see Last Jedi, it's its own experience. I loved it. The second to seventh times I've seen it, I loved it, but it's a different experience. Eighth time I, I, I mentioned before. I was too tired and had enough coffee. That's my fault. Ninth time was just like the second to seventh time. I just, it took me back. It took me in, took me through. And I realized, you know, there are people who, for, for more legitimate reasons than uh, they, they blame some sort of matriarchy or whatever nonsense. There are some people who, who dislike the pacing of the film or, uh, are, are just disappointed with what they end up Luke being grumpy and then having to go out in the end. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> I get that. I realize I'm predisposed more than a lot of people to love this film for two reasons. Again, it's the most prequels thing to, to happen. You can go back and listen to my episode about that. I mean, and it's the most prequels thing to happen since the Disney takeover. And shoot, they've released a Mace Windu comic, and the new Vader comic has, has just set after. And, uh, they're the Phase Two clone troopers still, and whatnot. But a direct meditation on the Jedi failure, the Jedi hope that's laid out in the prequels. Um, and then I'm similar in a similar vein predisposed to love this film because I'm interpreting Star Wars in terms of Christian theology. <laughs> and if you go back to my uh, Star Wars and Christian theology episode, we get this great catechesis on on the mountain. <laughs> um, life, death needs to new life. That's the balance. No, the, the Jedi, the church can't control the gospel. But we do need to be uh, sensitive and aware and mindful of the living force and submit to the will of the cosmic force that is for life. Um, so I was predisposed to love this film already. So I, I get the people aren't, but um, it, it's if I, it's too early to rank. I don't rank. Uh, you know, episode three is going to be my favorite. Episode eight, it, it's in there. It's in there. Um, up top. Uh, on that note, just a bit of bit of housekeeping before I dive into it. Um, 
So I had the, the my theology of the Last Jedi podcast. I saw the Living Church has a uh, is a, an organization in primarily in the U.S. primarily Episcopal Church um, on the more conservative evangelical Catholic side. Um, you know, I have friends who've written for so the Covenant blog is their blog. Friends who've written for it, um, God in Comics. If you've heard that podcast, they're directly sponsored by the Living Church Foundation. Um, and, and I saw that someone did a, a, a priest in the U.S. named Leander Harding. Harding, he he wrote a meditation on how the Last Jedi uh, hits on, gets out a cultural moment of yearning for more. And, and I thought, well, that's entirely what this podcast is about: um, yearning for and, and connecting themes within Christian faith. And, and practice and, and scripture. So I thought, well, why not I try submitting something to Covenant? And um, basically, it's a, a condensed version of the podcast episode. Uh, if you found this podcast through the the article that I, I posted um, that was published, uh, welcome <laughs> to For Christ's Sake, Anakin, um, FCSA. Yeah, and, and if you're unfamiliar with Living Church with Covenant, uh, I'll put a link to the article. Uh, I definitely recommend you check it out. They do talk about, you know, liturgy and faith and do good good news reporting on church politics too and, and the comings and go- goings on. Um, and it, it's a sensitive and compassionate conservative voice. Um, and, and so I, I respect them for that. Um, okay, so we'll go out of time. So, heaven in Star Wars. Now, what's true is there is no heaven in Star Wars, the way we understand heaven in in the Christian tradition. Uh, when people die, any kind of sense of both personal afterlife and cosmic afterlife as in a new creation, that isn't really... Well, the, the the second brother of a new creation doesn't really get explored so much. Um, what doesn't get explored is when uh, wise enough, skilled enough Jedi die, then they their body dissolves and become one with the Force, and that's admittedly very much where uh, a very strong Taoist influence is, from what I gather, um, becoming one with the universe, and it's it's used in beautiful ways in Star Wars. It's Used in, I gather, used in, in, understood in some very beautiful ways in, in Taoism, Buddhism. Um, it's not the Christian witness of, of the communion of saints, and that's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, as in, that is what it is. We just believe something different. I believe we believe something more compelling for how we understand the body, um, and the, the goodness of creation as is. Um, <laughs> But, you know, first of all, the one parallel I will say is the intercession of saints. There is something of both the intercession and the guidance of saints in through force ghosts, through these holy men. I mean, it's just been men so far, but, you know, we will get a female force ghost eventually. And it has to be Jedi. It has to be pe- people who... Not just Jedi, but it has to be people who have 
fully submitted themselves to the light side and fully, you know, sought, fully sought to do good and seek peace and justice in their lives. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn was the first that we know. Uh, Yoda, Obi-Wan, <laughs> it, it, to me is one of those signs that the true nature of the force, because what you, what happens is you become one with the cosmic force. And that, so it tells me the true will of the force is to seek the light. It's to submit to the balance and natural order, right? Your life has been submitted to death that receives new life. And then we'll talk about death as part of the four last things another time. Um, but we do see them coming back in, in, increasingly clear and progressive ways starting with in uh, uh from a certain point of view claudia gray's beautiful oh i use that word beautiful it, it it merits it every page every word claudia gray writes for star wars is beautiful uh about qui-gon coming as a force ghost to visit obi-wan it's incredible and, and from a certain point of view we see obi-wan visiting luke we see yoda <laughs> Yoda and Obi-Wan visiting Luke, and of course, Yoda, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Um, we see in The Last Jedi, Yoda coming in. Uh, <laughs> oh, he can manipulate thunder now, and uh, not and, and again, sit on the log or whatever, knocking Luke on the noggin with his stick and all that. Giving guidance. Um, not answers, per se. Certainly, Yoda doesn't give Luke answers in The Last Jedi because that's the point, is his answers of burning down the the books and in, in his fitful rage, um, his answer of time for the Jedi to end is way too simple. <laughs> and, and Yoda refutes that. People think Yoda's all hippie, liberal, just move on, just like Kylo Ren. Well, that's Kylo Ren's point. Yoda's point is, what's the response you need in the moment? Uh, do you need to stick with what's with what you think is there? The books aren't actually there, or do you need? Do you think you need to only pass down mastery and and insight and wisdom, or do you need to pass on the lessons of your failures too, and how things need to change? And Yoda has that depth of wisdom. I mean, he already did sitting on the log in Dagobah for, for how many years, but uh, now he stepped back and can actually see the big picture because he's one with the force. And so that I, that is the thing about our resonance with the witness to heaven is with in heaven, we are in, in the communion of saints we are before God's throne. We are aware. We meaning, not me necessarily. I don't. I. I, I hope I'm <laughs> a saint one day, and I do hope that when I die, that the church prays for me. Um, but what we do believe as Christians is that the faithful departed are one with what's going on on earth and aware. Um, and intercede for uh, for us as we request 
as they are sitting, kneeling, and worshiping the Lamb on the throne. This is the vision in Revelation. You see in Revelation, right? The, the, so John, the narrator uh, of Revelation, he, he's able to go and he has a guide who is part of the heavenly host. We don't uh, a messenger or whatnot. It's clear the guy. I mean, the, the guy is interacting with John or, or with the narrator, but also everyone <laughs> of the heavenly host is constantly praising God too. So always doing both at the same time. Always aware of who is in charge in, in the cosmos. Praise, honor, and glory, splendor. And interceding for uh, for us feeble people still sorting it out. People suffering and struggling here on earth. Um, so that, that's a, an interesting tie between with force ghosts where they are and they aren't, like the communion of saints. <clears throat> On that point about the throne, <laughs> this is so. This is at twenty-one-ish minutes. Here's a, the spoiler for the last rebels episode. We we get this theology dump again. I'm gonna say it, we get taken into this place where a world between worlds, and, and what that is is this vast interstellar plane thing uh, BAS Eucharistic prayer for here <laughs> vast interstellar plane but it, it's beyond actually interstellar it's um, and, and Ezra walks along and he sees these portals where he can go into time so it's just a place that exists without time and there can be fellowship in there but there's more so, um, it, it, it's the coherent whole. It is the cosmic force. It's the coherent whole of the universe. And in ancient Near Eastern mythology, but and especially in the ancient Near Eastern worldview, um, you know, there was always this sense, it wasn't necessarily a sense of heaven up there, it was to some degree, but... Well, especially, sorry, sorry, I should say, what's what's radically different, <coughs> modern time, cliffhanger, what's radically different about Judeo-Christian worldview is they saw, sure, a three-tier thing, but there was this coherence to it, and uh, they understood uh, the universe as God's temple. <laughs> Again, we got a theology dump how... Mortis, the Mortis gods come back, and 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 uh, Sabine calls them archetypes, archetypes of you know, the daughter, kind of the light side, the the son being kind of the the dark side. Or the, the, uh, I don't want to call it dark side because I mean he is the dark side, but dark side is just anti light, anti peace, anti worker. The father who clearly turns to the daughter, tries to hold them together, but you know, there, there is that bond in the father and daughter, if you look in the Mortis Arc. Sabine calls them archetypes for the force, uh, uh, the cosmic force. Um, 
and what's beautiful there is and this is kind of different we don't believe that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are archetypes we believe that this is God what's radical about the Judeo-Christian worldview is that yes they believe in the ancient Near East um, you see with, with Ezekiel and Revelation and Daniel to some extent yes they believed in heaven, earth and the grave or Sheol but they largely believe heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool <coughs> that there's a coherence especially between heaven and earth Whereas the whole cosmos is God's temple. It's God's one temple. And again, yes, there's the Holy of Holies. And yes, there's the outer court. Um, and and that's, that takes up what we believe about, about Christ. Right? He, he comes to this outer court that is earth. And, and the book of Hebrews is all about how at the ascension he's the great high priest who goes into the Holy of Holies to offer all humanity. Um, this world between worlds, <coughs> I don't know if it's going to necessarily operate this way. What's interesting is that it's accessed through Jedi temples. Um, what's also interesting, of course, is uh, with the Ascension and this is relating to the point I'm in the middle of. <laughs> the, with the ascension, of course, is also the coronation of Christ as king of the universe. So within this world between worlds, uh, it, what happens is Sidious is, is trying to control, tr get in somehow to, to this place, and uh, Ezra and, and eventually Ahsoka, because Ahsoka lives... Uh, they, they run away and resist and they shut it out shut Palpatine out um, it's kind of as if Satan Satan making war in heaven right uh, trying to control because if you control this world between worlds you control the universe what I'm hoping and I don't know if this is gonna we're gonna see this or not we're actually gonna see the the father and the daughter actually in control um I have no idea if we're gonna uh, of this world between worlds. I have no idea if there's some place for Anakin in this. Uh, we know in Mortis he's offered to basically take over from the father. <laughs> uh, he rejects it. I don't see that as him rejecting the his place as the chosen one, um, and him overthrowing Palpatine. Who knows uh, as. It is, of course, as you can go back to our previous episodes, him overthrowing Palpatine, coming back as Anakin. Uh, that is him being the chosen one. Maybe then he takes his place. That would be that would be my my dream. Is he takes his place in the world between worlds as uh, the one who understands dark, but has the reins of the. Uh, the uh, of the of the light of, of the will of the force, not because he's gained it so much, but through force, but because he submitted. That would be. I, I don't actually want to see that. <laughs> that would be uh, 
it'll be again two on the nose and here's the funny thing about Star Wars I don't actually want to see the end of that of a, a cosmic end cosmic wrapping up we're going to have so many more films so many more stories um, that's the interesting thing is if Star Wars is eschatological it's eschatological on a smaller scale if it's concerned with with endings and new beginnings and a new dawn of peace and justice universal harmony and order it kind of happens on well it happens, could happen on a galactic scale but uh, you notice you never really go out of the galaxy much in Star Wars uh, it, it happens on a um, almost on a circumstantial scale so maybe this is the last bit. It doesn't. There isn't the whole uh, apocryphasis. I believe it is the recapitulation of the cosmos. Um. But there's the rebellion <laughs> against the empire and the formation of the new republic, uh, which for a time helps. There is in the sequel trilogy a. Uh, <clears throat> You know the 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 first order, and uh, has taken over, and the resistance is seeking to be the spark, as Holder says, to restore the republic. I don't know if anyone's pointed out, interestingly enough, that what Holdo and Poe say is actually different. Holdo says we're the spark that will restore the republic. Poe says we'll support. We are the spark that will bring down the first order, burn down the first order. I think. That gets to my point in that the vision of these characters is often, I mean, they're soldiers, talking about two soldiers here. The vision of many of these characters is often political, uh, social. Um, and so the new hope, the new dawn, as that novel is, is of life here on earth. But it it does come through great struggle, come through great sacrifice. Um, the new Republic, and this is part of what people are upset about the sequel trilogy existing at all. And the new Republic doesn't, as we see with last Jedi, doesn't actually pan out. It isn't the hope and be all and end all. Um, interesting. What we, it, it, it's, it turns out to be, just another continuation of what we saw in the prequel trilogy. It, can, it, it, it devolves into an old Republic and, and that's, and you know, the Jedi, well, the, the, the Jedi, I mean, we don't know what's happened. Luke tried to do this temple burned down. Luke sees a parallel with what's happened with what he did, with what happened to, to Ben Solo, with uh, how the Jedi failed all their kids. I think he, the part of the point with Yoda's dialogue, is he's exaggerating that connection um, by not passing on his failures. Um, or, or maybe to say not passing on his failures is the way in which he failed Ben, he failed Ray, is the way in which the Jedi failed all these kids because they couldn't admit failure because they were too politically entrenched. And here's my point. The dulling of an eschatological sense, the dulling of a cosmic sense. 
to things um, leads to you know, Sidious wiping them out because he's trying to gain control of of heaven, if you will, trying to gain control of the galaxy, of the cosmic force, trying to storm heaven, and we see it in this Rebels episode. Um, there, that's the funny thing, though, is uh, hope, and it's not optimism, but actual hope that uh, things might not work out, but the, the the will of the force, may the force be with you, is the is the line. It's not the force is with us. That that optimism says the force is with us and it's absolutely guaranteed if we just do these steps uh, we'll we'll win out in the end. We'll get to the promised land of um, where we're trying to go be it <laughs> a new republic or um, some sort of end of the resistance or who or sorry the first order or who knows what no it's May the force be with us. Be sensitive. Being sensitive. May the force be with you. Um, again, that theme of submitting to the will of the force, being sensitive to the, the pull of the, in, in the Christian world, to the pull of the Holy Spirit, the call of the Holy Spirit. Um, that's how we win. Not by killing what we hate, but by saving what we love. <laughs> right because here's the thing is and this is when we either dull our eschatological urgency um, by, by not really worrying about it at all or when we can try and control our fate and fate is the wrong word control our destiny uh, just like Palpatine it, it always ends up violent it's called enforcing a utopia by being patient and gathering and submitting to contemplation and uh, being open to new life. Uh, just as that's how force ghosts, uh, how, how force users become force ghosts, it's how the good guys, because they're, they're actually good guys, DJ's wrong. <laughs> Good uh, guys who are willing to admit their flaws. How how the people who who seek hope and joy and peace and uh, an ordered society that's, that's voluntary and not violently imposed. That's how they win. Um, so this has been a bit of a, a, a tricky parallel. I'll admit it again. It. If there is a closer resonance, it's far more from what I understand about Taoism in terms of, of afterlife, Buddhism in terms of afterlife. Um, if I'm incorrect, please feel free to correct me. <laughs> uh, those are the kinds of things I've teased out. Um, it, it's a good point about Lenten discipline, Lenten uh, contemplation, self-examination. Submitting to who the Lord of the Universe is, um, the God of Heaven, the King of Heaven, um, 
<laughs> it's great that we just got this thing with the world between worlds and in Rebels, where uh, we see that there is this order to the universe. Uh, there's this hope. Even in Lent, we, we see our hope. Even at the grave, we make our song. So that's been episode 22 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I hope uh, you found it engaging, uh, entertaining, enjoyable, instructive. <laughs> um, if you if you are interested in, in following seeing the things I'm doing and up to, uh, give me a follow on Twitter at NEUG485. And of course, if you want to comment on this episode, please feel free to do so. If you want to follow me on Instagram and literally see <laughs> things I'm doing and what I'm up to, follow me on MNE, at MNUG1138. May you continue to have a holy Lent, and may the Force be with you always.